Hi everyone, this is Jen and Sam and welcome to our podcast Miracle Mindset. Where we give you our unsolicited, probably unwanted advice. But if you want to become the best version of yourself, start believing in yourself a little bit more, then tune in every Sunday for the podcast. Cheers. Bye. So as you know, we currently don't have a sponsor yet. We don't really want to get anything on unless you fully believe in it. So whilst we wait for the perfect sponsor, we're going to sponsor ourselves. So as you will probably have seen by now, we do have our first product out. We're so, so, so proud and happy with it. It's a deck of 50 affirmation and journal prompt cards. So the reason behind doing this is we've had affirmation cards before where we've not felt like they were that personal to us or didn't kind of resonate with them. So we've made it so that you can really delve a little bit deeper into your mind, your journey, what's true to you. Yeah, so we've split a lot of the questions up between like relationships, career, mindset, and with the affirmation comes a journal prompt. So each morning we want you to stay off your phones, journal, get a little bit more mindful, and the affirmations, when you obviously delve a little bit deeper into them, they'll manifest easier for you, you'll feel so much more aligned to them, and we're so excited to bring you them. So it's 50 days of consistent journaling for you reprogramming your mind and we know how important it is to do that so we're so excited to bring you them you can buy them on our website or our etsy store message us on instagram if you have any other questions we'll obviously always be happy to speak to you but yeah hopefully you love them as much as we do Hi everyone, today we're so, so, so excited to bring you Emma Mumford to the podcast. You might have heard of her before, you might follow her on Instagram. Um, She's just a little ball of wisdom really, me and Sam are actually speechless. speechless. Like you'll notice in the podcast, we're not ones to not have a lot to say but we were literally like dumbfounded we didn't know what to say I've wanted to get Emma on the podcast for well ages literally months ago I wrote my notes on my phone get Emma Mumford on the podcast I don't even know why you didn't look back yeah I just like point there as I do like I literally put all my thoughts down on my notes and it was just there I can't remember why I wanted to get her on what I'd heard her on but I messaged her she was happy to come on and yeah I think it was for a reason because she really is yeah a ball of and wisdom. honestly like it is weird because we've never really spoke about money money manifestation anything on our podcast and I feel like it is surfacing a lot at the moment like me and Jenna reading a lot more like money business-minded books and I do feel like she has a lot she makes a lot of sense and we all have some sort of money with relationship with money sorry we all have some relationship with money and like it does highlight it because we've all got one and we do need to dig a little bit deeper to see if we have a good relationship with money and if we're not getting the kind of money we want yeah digging a little bit deeper as to why but this podcast is so good it's amazing she's so so knowledgeable you're going to take so much from it and if obviously you enjoy the podcast please share it with someone that it might help or leave a review in apple podcasts Hi everyone and welcome back to another episode of Miracle Mindset. So, so, so excited that today we have Emma Mumford with us, author, coach, money mindset extraordinaire, podcaster, podcaster, YouTuber, (laughs) the list goes on. If you want to introduce yourself a little bit, Emma, and let people know a little bit about you. Oh, thank you so much guys for having me. I'm so excited to speak with you today, both of you. So, um, yeah, so my name's Emma. 
Um, and I started on my kind of entrepreneur journey, 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 journey about eight years ago now, nine years ago. Um, so in 2017, I created my brand Spiritual Queen. Um, and now here and today, I'm an award-winning life coach and mentor, best-selling author, podcast host, as the lady said. And yeah, I help people with the law of attraction and spirituality to manifest their dreams and create their reality using the law of attraction and spirituality. A lot of our listeners who listen, I think, are very much into like going maybe like the alternative route, maybe like it is so possible now to work for yourself, to work from a laptop or start even like a little side hustle for yourself. How did you really decide that you wanted to leave like traditional nine to five? And then how did you get into like working for yourself and being an entrepreneur? Mm, such good question I think you know especially over lockdown so many people have kind of had that realization or they're like I really want to you know be my own boss or I have an idea that actually yeah I do want to look into and you know definitely I've seen so many successes on TikTok on Instagram over the sort of last year and a half of people really kind of having that time and energy to now yeah like focus on their dreams and their their goals as such so for me it was eight years ago and yeah nearly not I keep saying eight it's nearly nine ten years ago now <laughs> more like the time Is goes it? so quickly oh my God. yeah it's a long while ago um and it was completely accidental I definitely didn't you know have that goal I wasn't like I want to have my own business it wasn't like that for me at all it literally was a time in my life so I was in a pretty bad relationship at the time and I worked in one of the UK's leading banks as a banking manager and I had you know a good career a good job and I took on my ex's debt that he had it was seven thousand pounds and I took it on because I had preferential rates obviously from working in the bank and I wanted to help him clear it and then when I took that loan on he disappeared we broke up and never paid a single penny of it so at the age of 20 I was left with this debt I didn't know what I was doing I had to leave my banking job because I had depression at that time and it was just all this stress of you know the debt the bad relationship um the stress at work as well it was a really stressful job that just meant that I just couldn't work there anymore so I left that job and went, went and worked um part-time retail again um just to really you know support my mental health and to kind of still have an income to pay off the debts I now had and it was really tough because it's like how does a 20 20 year old end up in that situation and then have to clear that as well so that's when I found extreme couponing uh, which is a show by TLC um and it's an American show um where basically I probably know what extreme couponing is but essentially it's where you can get loads and loads of food for absolutely nothing or really um, small prices with coupons and discounts so when I found this it was like fantastic because I thought great this is an awesome way to get myself out of debt it was really you know something positive to focus my mind on as well um, as I was recovering from depression Um, and it just really saved me a little bit if I'm honest so I, I became obsessed with it I loved it and found really quickly that I was pretty good at it and my friends were kind of like come on Emma you've got like a whole spare room full of this stockpile like you've got to like help people and share this wisdom with people like oh my god people would love it so I was really reluctant because I was like I don't want to put this on Facebook like I don't want to create a page but eventually after some persuasion I did um, and I'm really grateful I did because within six months um, it really took off and I was one of the first people in the UK to bring in extreme couponing here and work with brands to make them more accessible um, so I was dubbed as the coupon queen by the UK press um, I used to go on ITVs this morning and present with Holly and Phil and do a little couponing and money saving slot each month um, so things took off massively really quickly so for the first year I didn't actually earn a single penny 
money. It was, I still worked at my retail job. Um, I didn't even know I could make money off this business. I was just doing it to help people. And it, you know, really helped me. And I just enjoyed doing it. Um, so a year in, a lovely guy messaged me on my Facebook page and said, and we were at like 500,000 followers by this point, it was crazy. Um, and he was like, you realize you could be earning off this page. And I was like, oh, who's this scam artist? Like, he's going to try and like trick me and scam me. Like, no, you can't. And he was like, no, 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 there's no scams. Like, let me show you how you can do this. Like I do it with my page. So he showed me and invited me into his group, his Facebook group. And he was really lovely and just taught me everything, told me to sign up to all these affiliate networks. And within like two weeks, I was earning more than I'd ever earned in any retail job. So I was just like, wow, like I really can turn this into a career. What the hell? And I had no idea, no idea whatsoever. So that's how that business was born completely by accident and completely out of a passion to help people. Um, so a couple of weeks later, I went back to go and message that man. I wanted to send him something to say, thank you for all he'd done for me. And he completely disappeared. His Facebook group disappeared. His Facebook profile disappeared, completely had deleted himself off Facebook. And I, I still think to this day, is that like a guardian angel or something? Because like, it was just wow. crazy how he just came into my life and helped me and then disappeared as quickly as he sort of appeared. Um, so that was how I started my first business. And I ran that business for six years. It was affiliate marketing business. Um, and I loved it. It brought me so much amazingness. I got to do so many cool things with it. And it was just great to help people save money. And then in 2016, I had my spiritual awakening. Um, and this is at the end of another bad relationship. And this was when my depression was at its all time worst. I felt suicidal. I just had no love for myself. I didn't even know how to love myself and my mental health was awful, but I had this amazing successful business. So I think a lot of people would have thought, well, what's Emma got to complain about? You know, she's got a house, she's got, you know, a successful business. Like what's there to be sad about? Um, but, you know, I'd had a lot of difficulties in my childhood. I'd had a lot of difficulties in my relationships. So it was all kind of catching up with me and becoming too much at that point. So that's when I came across the law of attraction, spirituality, self-love, and really turned my life around for myself through personal development. Um, and I kind of started to separate the brands at that point anyway. I kind of had more of an Emma lifestyle brand, my YouTube, my blog at that point. So I kind of had two quite distinguished brands. So I thought after a while, when I could see the law of attraction really helping and transforming my life, that I want to talk about this as well. Like this really helps me. So I want to share that with people. And at first I was like, oh my God, people are going to think I'm mad talking about couponing and now manifestation. But um, luckily all my followers loved it. Um, they were really on boards with it and it took off. So um, about a year after kind of having those two brands of money saving and kind of lifestyle, law of attraction, et cetera. Um, I decided that that was really what I wanted to go and do and that my company had outgrown me. It needed a team of people. And I'd also outgrown my company as well. So um, I manifested the seller, sold it in 2018. And then in 2017, so a year before, I was like, no, I want to turn, you know, my spiritual, my spiritual life into a business as well. So I went and qualified as a life coach. Um, you know, I really thought about the things I really wanted to do to help people. So yeah, I started my spiritual queen brand in 2017 and here I am now. That is honestly insane. So, so, so amazing. Do you feel like first off, you always felt called to like help people because like the couponing, you wanted to just help people, even when you weren't getting paid the spiritualness, as soon as you learned and how it could help, you wanted to help people. Do you always feel like you felt that was your purpose? 
Yeah, it's interesting because I don't, you know, growing up and at school and things, I was always attracted to business. I did business studies. I loved media. So like visuals, video, I loved media studies. It's one of my favorite topics. So I knew I wanted to be in media in some shape or form. Um, And again, like I loved performing arts. I loved theater studies. So again, I loved like acting and dancing and singing. So I think those were my passions, but I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I never sort of like went to university. I never sort of thought, right, this is what I want to do with my life. I just knew that I wanted to be an entrepreneur like my dad, but no idea what my products would be. No idea what I would sell. No idea. So that's why I kind of sort of fell into the kind of corporate world, because when I left sixth form, um, you know, I was like, right, I need to get a job. I need to like go out and earn some money as such. So I don't think it was a conscious purpose. I don't think I was like, I want to help people in my life. But I think those things kind of naturally just fell into my path and my passions for media, my passions for, you know, all the things that I loved kind of naturally fell into that as well. Yeah, it is like crazy that how things turn out like 20 years old to in a corporate world but it's like your story began obviously in such a like a way that would probably make people feel like it's ending do you know what I mean like Mm. your boyfriend putting you into so much debt like you being left of it and even like a small amount of debt can feel like crippling to people so for you to take that on at 20 is like amazing and do you think that things happen for a reason like do you feel like you did come across this random coupon in like I haven't hadn't really properly heard about it but it's something that obviously has transformed you to where you are now like do you think it was just like meant to be yeah absolutely absolutely and like everything that I learned in that first business taught me how to run this business so social media marketing um, you know, having a platform, so, you know, how to grow a platform, how to communicate with your followers and yeah, like working with the media. So I feel like that business really set me up for what I do today. And, you know, I'd be completely clueless if I didn't have that, um, you know, that first business and, you know, it helped me financially, of course, it helped me clear that debt. Um, and yeah, it, it obviously brought me into that sphere of helping people but I always joke how money has followed me um not again completely unintentional money I had zero interest in money as a child or growing up like finance was not what I wanted to do it was just a job I fell into because I had good sales experience um and again like ironically when I used to work in Starbucks my manager of the phone shop I used to walk um used to work into walked in and I served him every day at Starbucks and then he was like come and work for me and then ironically my manager at the bank came into the phone shop and got a phone contract from me and then I got offered the job my god you must give off a good impression I know quite literally so these kind of things were just falling into my lap of and I was like yeah okay I'll do that yeah okay I'll do that because it was something you know I wanted to do it's better pay etc and a good career to get into um so yeah with money obviously like I worked in the bank and then couponing money saving getting out of debt and then now I help people spiritually with money so manifesting money having positive relationships with money so again totally unintentional but it's there (laughs) it's almost like that's the perfect example of like manifestation like you didn't know what you wanted to do but you knew that you wanted to be an entrepreneur work for yourself have that independence like very aloof like this bit like idea of who you wanted to be and then the how just totally came to you mm, absolutely and you know and I was completely... you like even being a manifestation coach at the time yeah 
yeah exactly and like I was just completely unaware I wasn't spiritual I had no awareness of the law of attraction um and you know obviously I was in a very different place in my life like I didn't know what self-love was I didn't particularly have a happy or healthy relationship with myself so it, it just shows that even in our like worst times of life or times where we really feel lost or we don't know ourselves you know we're always you know being led along that path to you know the experiences and journeys we're meant to go down and you know we get there right yeah definitely because oh, as well like I think what you learn like especially nowadays sometimes with like the law of attraction it's like oh like don't be thinking bad thoughts don't be thinking and obviously you being in that kind of place of like depression and like realistically if you really take that at face value with what like the wellness world says at the moment like you wouldn't be where you are today and it is that's almost nice to think that like the element of hope and that like even the dark times will guide you through to the times and maybe you need those dark times to become it's almost like the law of polarity yeah yeah absolutely like you know the very we wouldn't how would we know what abundance or happy things are without experiencing the opposite right otherwise if we all just lived in a world full of abundance and amazing positive happy things we wouldn't be grateful we wouldn't like have awareness of anything different so we need that polarity like you said to experience the full human experience and I love what you touched upon there because it's so true that and I was you know this is what I came across early on in my journey of like don't think bad thoughts you can't think bad thoughts and that is the biggest rubbish ever like please let me tell you that is so much bs if you have a bad thought it's not going to manifest we do not live in an instantaneous world of like you think of a pink elephant and a pink elephant's going to appear out your window it just doesn't happen like that there are so that law of attraction is one law out of seven of the universe there are so many other things that are there to protect us there are so many other things of like if it's not meant for you then obviously it's not going to come into your life what they mean by that truly is your consistent vibration so if you are consistently in that vibration of course you're going to attract experiences like that into your life but if you have one thought we all have a bad day and it really falls into toxic positivity that because feeling is healing and when I used to suppress or bash down negative thoughts or you know like comparison or whatever the thought was from my inner critic my ego I would just bash it down I'd be like shut up f off you know all the things we say to our ego and our inner critic you know it's not our best friend right um And the more you do that, the more it gets louder. It doesn't go anywhere. It just gets louder and louder and more aggressive and more persistent and more annoying until you look at it in the eyes. So the inner critic, the inner ego, sorry, the ego, the inner critic is your inner child. And that inner child wants to be heard. That inner child wants to be seen. And that inner child just wants to be loved. So when you can sit with those thoughts, so say for instance, your inner critic saying, you can't do that. Who are you to do that? sit with it and say okay I see you what do you want me to know right now what what's going on talk to me like talk to that inner child talk to that inner critic that ego all they want to do is be seen all they want to do is be heard and when you look at the thought when you sit with the thought when you allow the thought whatever it is instantly you take the power away but when you're avoiding it the power increases so it's so true that we have to sit with our thoughts we have to sit with our emotions and the more we do that the quicker they pass through us Wow, that's like such an amazing like nugget of wisdom. Like I think it is so true as well. Sometimes you hear these limiting beliefs or like 
these things that are coming into your head that are really only there to protect you but you don't you don't sit with them it's like almost uncomfortable you don't want to sit there and have to deal with these feelings of insecurity you'd rather distract yourself or push them down as well like to think of like navigating your way through like a harsh or like negative thought that you're having can be like oh I don't really know how to approach this I'm just like not going to I'm just gonna hope that that goes away but it doesn't we're taught that as a society as well to suppress things don't think about things don't express your emotions it's weak to express your emotions it's weak to talk to somebody and I think this is why we have like a mental health crisis like we do here because people don't talk about things and when you can give that version of yourself whether you agree it's the inner child or whether you think ego in a critic like when we can just give it that, that love and that compassion and almost just that you know that energy of, of being our own best friend it can change everything how do you approach dealing like working through something Mm. depends what it is of course (laughs) there's multiple ways to work through different things um but you know just on a kind of everyday basis because this is probably what comes up for most people is if you're having a bad day you know you've just got to witness that and you've just got to say right okay feeling this today and that's okay maybe today isn't my day maybe it is so I think when we can sit with ourselves from a place of non-judgment as well because we do judge ourselves we judge our feelings we judge things like you said you know sometimes it's easier just not to think about those things or even attempt to go into something because we know it's gonna you know be a lot and I think with the law of attraction you know there's so much talk about being high vibe being positive being love and light And absolutely, we, of course, we need to be those things to manifest, but also we need to witness we are like we are polarity beings and there is polarity. And without those bad days, we can't appreciate the good days. And we also have that shadow self, that inner self. Um, And again, some people are like, oh, shadow self. Again, it's nothing to fear or worry, you know, worry about. It's just all part of that yin and yang. So to be able to experience the love and light, to be able to experience that positivity and that high vibeness, you also need to be able to sit with that shadow self, sit with the emotions and feelings as they come up, because then you're not judging, then you're not shaming. You can't be love and light if you're shaming, if you're blaming if you're you know being critical to yourself like you've got to be your own best friend right so I think it's a really simple way to deal with I guess anything is to be gentle to yourself is to be kind to yourself is to give yourself compassion and not you know judge yourself or shame or blame yourself it's to really look at it from a non-judgmental place and say right okay what is this teaching me what what can I do for myself today to best support myself is that self-love is that self-care is that saying no to somebody do I need better boundaries and that's going to really support me today is it taking some time out to relax and reflect and watch a funny movie you know only you can um, identify yourself what's going to help to shift you but truly shifting your vibe truly shifting yourself up the emotional scale and feeling positive and shifting yourself back into a positive place has to be done by releasing has to be done by witnessing um, to be authentically done otherwise you just kind of go up and down the emotional scale and it's not consistent you kind of feel okay one second then you come crashing back down so to build that stability and to build up the scale effectively you have to then yes be dealing with your things sitting with them um and a really good thing as well is sometimes when things do feel heavy if you do go into something is move your body like your energy become can become stagnant so you don't want to just sit in that whatever it is so whether that's going for a walk in nature whether that's putting your feet on some grass and grounding yourself 
whether that's meditating, whether that's yoga, whether that's running, dancing, screaming, whatever it might be for you, you know, just moving your body can really help to shift any heaviness. Um, the worst thing we can do is sit down and do nothing. So even if it's gentle movement, if it feels more, um, you know, better to be more intuitive and gentle yoga, anything like that can really be good, but maybe you want to do something active. Maybe you want to do something more like running or dancing to really help shift that. So support yourself and, you know, whatever way you can. And I think that's like a lot of people probably turn to those things without the explanation. Like I remember my old boss at work, he's dead into running. And um, I was like, to him, like, oh, how did you actually get into it? And he was like, to be honest, I was going through a really tough time with the wife at work and I just started to run. And like, it didn't stop after that. It went on one run, felt, felt so much better and carried it on. But like, he probably didn't understand that that was like looking to his shadow work or like releasing energy or anything like that. I highly yeah. doubt that he did. <laughs> but that's what it is, isn't it? And I think the thing is as well with things like harder times and good times is realizing when things are working for you so like changing your perspective to be like what is this teaching me or why is this working for me and knowing that sometimes when we go after like really good things or really good things start to happen to us we also experience really bad things and like because the polarities just get bigger Mm. Definitely. And, you know, we're human. Life happens and nobody's exempt from life or lessons or whatever. And I don't want to make this like super spiritual. People are like, what is she on about? But, you know, like we have purposes here. We have lessons to learn here in this lifetime. And, you know, I think a lot of people may look at what I do or look at any kind of spiritual teacher, guru, author, whatever, and be like, oh my God, they've got it nailed. They're like living their best life perfection that's what I want but people don't always post their bad days online people don't sit there and post the reality of their life and we live in a world of Instagram perfection where everybody's posting their best life but actually they could be having a really tough time behind the camera behind the scenes so I think it's important to remember that everybody's human everybody has bad days everybody is going through things sometimes and you know especially over the last year and a half of COVID and the pandemic like things have been really tough for everybody you know on on whatever scale it is financially emotionally physically whatever like health wise um so I think it's just you know bringing it back to that oneness almost and realizing that yes people can obviously experience amazing abundance but you know, they're going to be learning lessons as well, which they may or may not share. And in those two relationships, it sounds like your spiritual journey has been one of like figuring out how to really like truly love yourself and like mm-hmm. understand these things. Because I think obviously by the sounds of it, like the relate the first relationship probably did damage your self-esteem quite a lot. And like, I feel like the build up has probably been so amazing like how did you start to find that love for yourself Mm, definitely and it was uh yeah a couple of years ago I looked into my numerology with a friend who does numerology um and she was like Emma you're a life path 33 and I was like what is that (laughs) I like the number 33 I've used it all my life it's one of my favorite numbers what do you mean that what does this mean and she was telling me um, I actually have it tattooed on me as well she was telling me um the yeah like the life path 33 is unconditional love that's its biggest lesson and like you'll be tested again and again and again in love until you find that unconditional love for self 
very, very true. <laughs> and, wow. um, yeah, like my relationships have absolutely been my biggest lesson and my biggest blessing. Absolutely. Um, and yeah, like I said, when I was in that space, what, nine years ago, plus like, you know, we're not taught how to love ourselves in school. We're, you know, as, as women as well, like we're, we're taught to shame our bodies, to hate our bodies. We must look a certain way. We must be a certain way. We must be a good girl. We know all the narratives, all the stories out there. Right. Um, and I think, you know, I just didn't have any tools or awareness and obviously, you know, the trauma and the limiting beliefs and fears that I had from my own life and my own experiences as well, like contributed to that. Absolutely. So when I then went into relationships, you know, I was attracting even more like experiences, lessons, blessings a lot to, you know, to really go through that and learn that. So really like the biggest lesson to me throughout my life with my relationships has absolutely been self-love, but taking it deeper than that is self-worth. So you kind of have like self-care, self-love, self-worth, and really, all of that was down to self-worth of not feeling worthy of love, not feeling worthy of whatever, you know, the beliefs were, the stories were. Um, so yes, it was cultivating a loving relationship with myself, my inner child, as I spoke about earlier, and finding that peace and balance within myself and loving my body, loving myself, loving myself for who I am. But then also it's, how, it's taking it further into that self-worth and saying, right, now I get to decide how that self-love amplifies down to the world through my boundaries, through, um, you know, my relationships, all my relationships in my work, et cetera. So, yeah, as I've gone through, like, you know, the many layers of healing, the inner work over the years, like it's definitely been self-love has been the lesson, but then also self-worth. I love that, like, diagram of self-worth at the top of all of, like, those three, because you can just kind of like plaster things over can't you like oh like not feeling the best like not really getting what I want like I know I'll have a nice bath <laughs> and like it's lovely and like it obviously all has an effect but like if you're not truly thinking at the end of the day I'm really happy with who I am at the moment and like I really deserve a great life and like really great experiences and everything that I'm hoping for because I know that I deserve it rather than like skimming over and just like thinking that what you have and that you're not that happy with is all that you can ever have Mm, so so true definitely and I always say you know we've got to work with things spiritually practical practically and cognitively like equally I think people would just you know sometimes think they can sit on their meditation pillow all day and that's gonna you know magic everything better and yeah to some degree it absolutely will but also we have a human mind we have a subconscious we have a brain that has limiting beliefs and fears and has patterns and things that we accumulate in our lifetime and then also we have to take action everything's about taking action as well you can't just you know expect to win the lottery and not play the lottery right so I think you know and definitely in my own journey I, you know I've had to tackle things with all three things you know look at things spiritually um, do the cognitive work as well and then the practical a big thing that we wanted to kind of like discuss with you I know you've got a book on money mindset and obviously your whole first career with the couponing and like working in a bank like you say money's forger is money mindset I think we've not spoken too much about it because we don't know <laughs> <laughs> we're in the process I think of manifesting money yeah, Sam's got an affirmation for money up on a mirror I can see and like we do like we're starting to get into it but it's a huge thing and a huge part of success and it can go into self-worth as well like if you're not thinking that you're worthy of ever getting like this abundance that you wish for 
then you're probably not going to attract it because like you're not you're going to block it out by think when the opportunity comes to you so yeah could you give us like a little bit on money mindset how to go about it how to approach it and what it's taught you course um and I, I'm really practical with it because I think yes let's be spiritual yes let's talk about manifesting but also as well like I said we've got a human mind <laughs> we've got an inner child that's picked up beliefs around money as well so I think there's um yeah I always look at things from like my money saving practicality way as well um which I think helps to be grounded with it as well because money is a very human thing right um so I think you know the first thing to look at is definitely your relationship with money because you can set all the intentions in the land you can have all the checks up on your mirrors and everything like that um but you have to believe it right you have to also like um Jen was saying about like having the you know the belief that you're worthy of it as well right so you have to look at your money mindset so if you were to like describe your money relationship and obviously you don't have to say it but you can write it down later you know um write down your money relationship your current money language and look at the types of things you say do you say things like your skin do you say things like money runs out easily do you think do you say things like you're a bad saver um you never save money or stuff like that so look at the kind of things that you're writing down um and this is what our inner child has accumulated so the inner child is part of our psyche and it's always within us they're with us for life um and if you want some more practical stuff on that carl Jung and sigmund freud have done so many things about inner child work so if you want more kind of psychologist um psychology uh you know uh, I can't think of the word psychology like way of looking at things um absolutely go check them out because there's tons of you know their kind of way of thinking with inner child but I tend to look at it from more of a spiritual perspective as well so our inner child is within us for life and their own little best friend and our first interactions with money are really from our parents, right? Where, you know, we, whether we had the latest toys and gadgets, how we saw our, you know, our parents interacting with money. Did we feel like, you know, we had to go without things? Did we feel like, um, you know, like there was always money in our family? So as a child, up until seven years old, you're literally absorbing everything from, you know, everything around you like a sponge. So from your school, from your parents, from your friendships, from your family, everything we absorb and that creates our kind of um, experiences moving forward into teenage years and adulthood. So we're all kind of our inner child living out in adult bodies now, um, hence why we have limiting beliefs and fears and, you know, the inner work. So with money mindset, we have to look at how our parents interact with money. And it's really interesting because I brought this into a money workshop I did recently with my followers. And I said, how was your relation? How was your parents' relationship with money? And how do you think that you reflect that now? And every single person was like, oh my God, I absolutely do what my parents do. And it was crazy because I was like, oh my God, I do too. Um, so for me, like my parents were really good savers. My dad had a business, but he equally lost it all as well. There were times where I remember, um, you know, my dad not having enough money to in like petrol to drive me to my friend's house or drive me places. And I always used to think like, oh, this is so unfair. I don't get to go anywhere when actually you know years later he said to me Emma I had five pound in the bank I literally couldn't put any fuel in the car like I literally couldn't so I kind of experienced both as a child of having luxuries like living in a very kind of like middle 
middle class family to also seeing my dad go through financial ruin with his business and pulling it back as well um so again like my relationship with money then reflected upon sometimes a bit of scarcity of like oh won't spend that oh you know save that better save that and then also you know my relationship with money as I had the debt so there's definitely been work to do over the years and I think everybody has um, work to do with that but it's really important to witness how our parents interacted with money and then how we have taken that and regurgitated that out in our own sort of relationship with money and then once you've written your current money language, um, reflect that on a new piece of paper. So write what you want your money language to be. So you could look at the statements you've had on your, on your current money language and things like saying, I don't save money. You could say, you know, I save money and always have enough. So flip the statements, turn them into what you want your money language to be, and then burn the first piece of paper, the current money language, and you can burn it, destroy it in whatever way is safe and feels good to you. And then just really set the intention that moving forward, you're going to like embody this new money language. So commit to it. You know, it all starts with you. So when you catch yourself about to say any bad words, you're like, nope, I'm going to say my new positive money language. I'm embodying this. So it starts off with, you know, the way you're talking about money, the way you act around money. And also as well, it's money relationship. It's not like just money mindset, it's money relationship. So when we look at a relationship, you know, you wouldn't just expect to meet somebody and then just marry them the next day, right? Like maybe that happens, but very rarely. Um, you know, you build a relationship, you get to know somebody, you date them, you court them, you then like, you know, become official with them, whatever. You then go steady. So the money is the same thing. We can't just expect to be married to money like tomorrow. We have to build a relationship with money. So get to know money and really take the time to build a solid relationship with money. So that's what I would say in terms of like the relationship and mindset side of stuff. Um, but in terms of like practical things you can do to manifest money, like you've got to ask. So I think a lot of the time people will put like manifest 10,000 pounds, 20,000 pounds, a million pounds, whatever it is. And I say to them, cool, why are you manifesting that? And they can't tell me they're like, oh, well, so-and-so off the internet said I should write a check for a million pounds. So I did it. And you have to know what your why is because without your why, there's no energy behind that. Right. So when you know what your why is, you're able to then put that positive energy behind your manifestation and you know feel motivated because you need to know your why so that includes clarity of what do you want to spend that money on so it's not enough to just say I want to manifest money this week well okay what do you want to spend that on why do you want to manifest that money so being specific really is about um knowing your why and knowing what you're going to do with that money so definitely clarity is key and set regular goals if you want to manifest money regularly you have to ask regularly a lot of the time like I said people will go for the bigger goals but then they're not setting monthly goals so if you are a business person um, and wanting to you know earn more money or even if you're in a career and you want to earn more money you know it's absolutely possible for both you don't just have to be self-employed to manifest money you can manifest money from anywhere so setting goals regularly is so so important um, because then you're in that vortex of receiving, you're setting those intentions with the universe um, and regular money can come to you because you're asking regularly. So yeah, asking regularly is a good one um, and breaking down money goals as well. So, um, you know, if 10,000 pounds, 20,000 pounds is like, oh God, that's a lot of money. Like, oh my God, that makes me feel so, oh. you know, again, what energy is that putting out there? So, you know, I say to people, okay, so you want to manifest 10,000 pounds for argument's sake. 
for an extension to your home, for example. And I say, right, okay, how long have you got to manifest that money by? And they're like, 10 months. I'm like, okay, so break it down. 10,000 pounds over 10 months. That's 1,000 pounds a month you need to manifest. That's it. How does that feel to you? And they're like, oh God, that's so much better. That's so much more achievable. So even just simple things like that, it's not rocket science. It's not some magical thing to do. It, it, it's just that practical way of breaking things down. So in our mind, you know, it, it feels more believable. Definitely. It is practical as well. And it's like, it's just feeling good about it and like letting the universe know that you're ready for more. Like we were on a call with our friend Faye this morning. She was saying how she was like doing like, it was this, the magic I keep calling it a secret the magic like type thing and it was about money and like on day two she'd been saying that she wanted money and then all of a sudden she realized that she didn't need to use like a program that she'd been paying for and she was getting a $300 refund and it can come to you in like mad ways and that was because she put it out there and then was probably looking for ways of how she could get more money or I remember back end of last year like in lockdown I switched around how like I viewed money like before it had I'd got myself like four grand in debt on a credit card just from like being stupid, like putting like holidays and stuff on it and then not paying it. And then like I could pay it back. I was working and things, but ended up paying it back. And then after that, I was like, right, okay, I'm going to like get my ducks in order now. So like I set up savings accounts and like started to look how money could work for me. And I felt dead positive towards it. And then randomly at Christmas got a like, um, what's it called? When someone gives you money from their will. Oh, inheritance. Inheritance. But from like a long lost family friend that I'd only met like once years ago and she died years ago. And then it just came at the end of this. And I was like, and it wasn't wasn't a little amount either. It was a lot. And I was like, is this because I'm like prepared for this? Or like, why has it happened? And it does actually work. Like manifestation does genuinely work. Is there something that you've manifested that's been like a crazy example? Yeah, like we'll put it on money. Yeah, definitely. So when I first came across the law of attraction and I was still running my couponing business, um, I had I still had my debt and from my ex. And I was like, right, come on, I've got a really successful business. I want to manifest this money. So six months into my manifestation journey, I was manifesting everything, ITV appearances, like you name it everything I was like why is this blooming money not coming to me to clear my debts and I realized it's because I had no awareness whatsoever so the debts had gone to debt collectors and I was paying it off monthly you know the kind of amount they wanted but I wasn't looking at it I was kind of like yeah it's paying me it's in the background (laughs) like avoidance basically um and I realized that the one reason why I was blocking myself like from receiving that money was because I had no awareness I had no idea how much I owed I had a rough guess obviously but it, you know, I had no clarity of what I needed to manifest to even be debt-free. So I was saying debt-free, um, but you know, I had no awareness of what debt-free meant, right? So I logged into the debt collector's website and it was a little bit more than what I thought it was, but actually that awareness didn't panic me. It was like, okay, now I actually know, now I actually know how much I need to manifest. So actually that feels a bit better. And nine times out of 10, it's probably less than what you think it is. And most people are like, what was I even worrying about? So with that awareness, I then knew how much I needed to manifest. I had the exact amount. And I also wanted to manifest some extra money on top of that to invest in my couponing business to kind of take it to the next height as such. Um, yeah, like invest it back in the business. So I was like, yeah, I want to manifest that for the clearing the debt and that to reinvest in my business. And within five days, 11,000 pounds came to me from a completely new opportunity, nothing I knew about. Um, and I was like, 
whoa, like this really works. And it was enough to clear the debt and the money I wanted to reinvest in the business. Wow. What what do you think, like, what do you think are your steps to someone who's new to manifesting, who might believe it is a little bit too spiritual? Like, do you know what you were saying before? Like, Mm -hmm. it's actually quite practical and tangible. And I think sometimes the spiritual side of it makes it seem like a cloudy area like manifestation but for people who are quite new to manifesting and want to start seeing manifestations coming to them what would be your like tips or yeah absolutely and I think you know probably some of the stuff I have said can seem quite spiritual but the law of attraction is super easy like it's so grounded and practical and so accessible for people as well so I believe there's five steps to the law of attraction Um, in Rhonda Byrne, the secrets teachings and quite a lot of traditional teachings. There's three steps, which is ask, believe, receive. But from going along my manifesting journey, I realized quite quickly that this was not comprehensive enough and that there was definitely more steps that I went along to, to successfully manifest. So I cultivated these five steps for my book, Positively Wealthy. And, you know, I've worked with these myself for years with clients and time time again it works every single time and I think it's just sometimes easier for people to work with the five steps because it seems so much more it makes so much more sense with five steps instead of three and it's more clearer so the first step is asking so similar to the original step and it's asking like I said with clarity so if you want to manifest money how much what is your why what are you going to spend that on so if you want to manifest love for example write yourself a dream partner list whatever and write down you know the characteristics and qualities of that person and if you don't know think about what you don't want and obviously write what you do want Um, that's sometimes a good way to find out what you want is by looking at what you don't want Um, so again if you wanted to manifest a house write a dream house list how many bedrooms does it have how much do you want to pay for it Um, what color walls or carpets do you want you know get specific is the key here so the more clear you are with the universe the clearer the universe can be with you Um, so asking is the most important step because well first of all because you have to put your intentions out there so asking regularly is important making monthly goals lists vision boards dream boards whatever feels good to you just asking and asking regularly is important so then you can create that regular abundance as well so the second step is believe which again is one of the traditional steps and I think it's a little bit different to what they teach because but yes it's you know great to believe that you're worthy and deserving and great to believe that the universe can serve it but then this is where the inner work really comes up so when we set those intentions it's then looking at what stands in between us and our desires what is the resistance there what inner work needs to be done are there any limiting beliefs or fears there that need to be worked on in order for you to attract your desire so really that step is looking at the inner work looking at any limiting beliefs or fears or statements that come up in a critic ego statements um, and looking at what stops you from you and your desire so maybe if it's love is there anything you need to look at um, you know which you might have picked up from previous relationships do you need to heal anything do you need to release anything so it's very much looking at the resistance in that step uh step three is a new step trust and trusting is yes trusting in the process trusting in divine timing trusting that it's going to happen but also this is where we take inspired actions so it, it's a co-creation process here you go 50 percent, the universe goes 50 percent. so you are working with the universe to co-create your reality it's not you going 90 percent of the way and controlling and forcing everything 
thing. And it's equally, you know, you, you can't just sit on your couch and expect to win the lottery. If you don't play the lottery, you've got to take that inspired action. So inspired action can look like, you know, it's got to be aligned as well. It's got to feel good. So so that could be, um, you know, if you're going for a new job, you know, buying that outfit for your interview, putting yourself up on LinkedIn, putting yourself out there and looking at jobs, you know, it's taking that inspired action to be in the field of possibility and to receive those opportunities from the universe. And then step four is another new step, which is letting go and surrendering. And this, I feel, is the most important part of the manifestation process, which nobody seems to talk about. <laughs> it's the most important one, because if you're attached to your desire and controlling it, it's, it's not in that um, energy of receiving. It's not in that you're not in that energy of co-creation or allowing you're resisting. Right. So letting go and surrendering isn't giving up. It's not saying I don't want those things now. It's merely saying I'm okay with, you know, whatever happens. I'm okay with both outcomes. And I trust the universe that this is going to happen or something better. So it's never going to be worse. It's never going to be less. It's this or something better. So it's knowing that no matter what, you're going to be looked after, you're going to be okay. And that you can relax into that, knowing that everything is being taken care of for you and that the universe is meeting you halfway with this or something better. So letting go and surrendering is really looking at your attachment and looking at if you're controlling, if you're attaching, why are you doing that? How can you relax into the present moment how can you cultivate fun and joy here to be able to receive to be able to move into that space where your desire is here and it's also the step as well the stage where to look at that version of yourself that has your desire so you might hear people talking about acting as if and this is it where you look at the version of yourself that has that desire and think about you know like how do they act what do they do what do they feel what do they you know experience every day and then really embody that into your life now so how can you feel fun and happiness and joy how can you feel love or whatever the emotion is they feel how can you feel that and cultivate that here and now so that's what you do in that fourth step and then the fifth step is receiving so you know being grateful that your desire is here it's not just like thank you next as Ariana Grande would say it's like okay I'm here now in the present moment my desire is here how can I celebrate this how can I be present how can I just enjoy this moment with my desire I've worked so hard to achieve so definitely in the fifth step you know it's still a step you've got to be in that energy of receiving you've got to be in that energy of that co-creation be in that energy where you've let go and surrendered um, and you know you're welcoming that in and you're appreciating it too how do you like Honestly, by the way, you make things seem I know. really practical, which this I absolutely love. Like, honestly, <laughs> I feel like I should be taking notes when I listen I to it. I'm literally going to have my notebook out. <laughs> I thought that. But um, how do you, obviously, because you teach this, if someone's coming to you and wanting to manifest something and something isn't working, how do you identify what step is going wrong? Mm. Normally it's step two. <laughs> It's very rarely. So you can get to step four, letting go and surrendering, and then actually you find yourself going back to step two. And I think people think you get stuck on a step where sometimes you can actually go backwards. And that's not a bad thing. It doesn't mean anything's gone wrong. It, it's just literally, okay, it's a little bit of work to do that. It's another layer to look at. 
So it's never a negative. It's just, okay, now we've identified what step we're actually at. How do we work through that resistance? How do we work through that limiting belief block, whatever it may be, that fear to then solidly move you through step three and step four to step five. So definitely I see people more at step two than anything else. They might think they're at step four, but really when you dig underneath the control, when you really dig underneath what's stopping them from letting go and surrendering, yeah, it could be minor stuff. It could just be reminders, tips and tools they need, absolutely. But nine times out of 10, it will be something that's blocking the, that is the resistance there. So interesting. What kind of resistances do people have mostly? Oh God, there's a whole, I mean, where do I start? Um, (laughs) There is so much that we can have. Um, I guess like a lot of what I see is self-worth, definitely amongst women, absolutely. Um, Inner child work is again, something I see time and time again. Um, you know, this just, it, it depends if it's money mindset, there could be so many different things contributing to that. It all depends on their experiences, their beliefs, etc. Um, if it's, you know, the belief of not feeling worthy of the career they want, for example, could be self-worth, could be confidence, could be, you know, th- th- there's a whole array of things yeah. it could be. And like self-worth and things can come down into like all different branches. So like, mm. it may look like it's the job that's stopping you from like the freedom or something but the reason behind you keeping that job is because you don't believe that you can have better and so you're keeping that job because like scarcity and like it can fold into so many different things it's not always just what it looks like on surface level absolutely you'll always have surface level but then like you say when you dive into things you realize that actually a completely different area of that person's life um or time of their life as well could be influencing that definitely yeah I think it's good like for people to hear examples because sometimes like when you are stuck in a rut you you can't really like see the way out or think beyond what you know like immediately Mm. around you so to hear like examples of other people's limitations or like common things that come up I think is so valuable I think as well with the self-worth and women thing like I'm really starting to see that recently even just the little things like like you were saying the things that you praised on for when you were a kid like oh like good like be quiet like good girl like it's little things isn't it all builds up into that like shadow as you say definitely definitely and you know there's obviously so many people in this world who have been suppressed um and you know like women are definitely part of that um and I think it's it, it's sometimes hard because you just kind of get to a point and you're like whoa like we really have been and oh my god like that limiting belief and fear I have is actually societal as well it's not just something I picked up from my parents it's not just something I picked up from you know my experiences actually all women experience and you know go through this as well and another thing is like sexual trauma as well like so many women have experiences with this and it's just so sad because like you just you it almost like shocks you but then it doesn't shock you at some points and you just think like wow like as a collective like women you know obviously there's people of color and black people who have absolutely gone through worse but you know women as well have definitely not had an easy ride I think as well like we're learning how trauma can be carried through generations like if it's not like faced then it's it carries through like your you might carry a fear that happened to your grandma yeah ancestral ancestral trauma is like such an interesting one to look into because you're so right like we carry things down through our ancestral line um and you know like even behaviors or 
um, you know, like a way that our grandmother was treated was then passed down to our mother and then passed down and to us sometimes we can have things come up and you're like where have I learned that or where's that come from and yeah like there's a whole it's, it's pretty much a rabbit hole when you kind of like go into it of where's this trauma come from is it mine is it past life is it ancestral where's it come from um yeah, but so. yeah like you I know think... we're doing this work for those generations so that the future generations you know don't have that experience as well yeah and I think like for me I like I think I said this in the past actually but I think a big thing is getting still and receiving that kind of information like I think in a child healing if I sat there if I sit here now and I think I wondered like what my inner child nothing seems to come up so mm-hmm. how would you like what would be your advice for anyone or like me for example to get that little bit deeper into figure out the things that were happening when you were younger that maybe can't really remember surface level today Mm, yeah good question so I actually have a meditation on my YouTube channel that you can go and have a look at or anyone can look at it's um in my meditation playlist so definitely go and like you know do one of those because I get you to tune in I get you to connect with them and walk you through how to actually connect with them and talk to them but it's it's definitely a process because especially for quite shy and timid people who are like if they were quite shy and timid as a child the inner child is not just gonna be there like hi you know they're gonna be like don't talk to me um so definitely it it's building a relationship just like any relationship you have to nurture you have to be consistent and you have to build that relationship so yeah my meditation walks you through all of that like the really simple things you can do but in terms of like identifying um you know where things have come from journaling is a great way to do that obviously in my one-to-one session I walk people through that I get them to connect we go into the ages and we heal and release them but obviously you know that's not safe to do outside with an you know without an expert to do it so on your own level you can do journaling um so you know for instance if you identify maybe there's some stuff around self-worth if you maybe identify even stuff around your money relationship um you know you can tune in and say like okay when was the first time that I felt this and just see if an age maybe a memory a feeling comes up and every single time it does so just trust it even if you're like I don't remember that happening or am I just making this up like trust it because you know your subconscious will take you straight to that memory that needs to come up with it um so you can document it down and do some journaling around that but um yeah obviously if people want extra support them with that then yeah like I've got books that can help you um courses that can help as well and you know obviously working with someone to work through that is you know advisable as well but honestly but you have been so amazing thank you so much yeah. and we'll leave everything down below so we'll leave you but like your books and um, definitely the meditation that we'll do as well yeah I think this like is the very start of everything that people can find out about you and read up and all your books obviously how is it two books you have yeah so I've got Spiritual Queen which is my first book Positively Wealthy and then the Positively Wealthy Journal so Positively Wealthy the book is more focused around um, wealth and what wealth means to you and creating wealth in all areas of your life um, and abundance so it's like a manifesting challenge you can do over 33 days and then the journal is more money mindset focused and money relationship focused so it's designed to be used over a year um, and it helps you to achieve your financial goals. Wow amazing well we'll leave everything below your instagram handle is i am emma mumford yep so just type in my name and it will come up hopefully yeah brilliant and we'll leave it all below but thank you so so much for coming on sharing all your wisdom and yeah we honestly don't know what to say (laughs) 